This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. For the summer months on the Bobcast, we are taking a trip down memory lane with student-athletes and coaches from the past. This week, we catch up with Sherry DeShane, who, starting in 1968, spent 30 years coaching numerous Bates women's sports teams, helping establish multiple programs and making a mark on generations of student-athletes. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Sherry DeShane, at the time, Sherry Yakawanis, was hired to teach physical education at Bates in 1968, straight out of the University of Maine, Presque Isle, and immediately became the school's first women's basketball coach. 30 years later, she retired after having had a hand in almost every women's sport on campus. She served as the head field hockey coach for 26 years and as the head softball coach for 21. DeShane also at various times coached women's lacrosse and volleyball, and she assisted with the track and field team. She even coached varsity badminton and bowling during her time at Bates. Yes, Sherry DeShane did it all, and today she joins the Bobcast. Graduating college, UMaine Presque Isle, what was your first step in your career into coaching? Kind of, How did you decide you wanted to become you know, a coach out of college? Well, it, I really didn't way out of college because uh, in those days, um, coaching really wasn't a, a kind of a career path. It was, I was really thinking just uh, in education, physical education, and, uh, and Bates happened to open up and um, that's you know, and it led me to that. So I was really teaching and, and, and education rather than coaching. And coaching was kind of a, uh, a byproduct of it because uh, they only really had intramurals. Um, and even at Bates, I think they might have competed with a couple of neighbor schools, but not, not anything formal. I really wasn't looking for coaching. How many years out of college were you when you came to work at Bates? I was right out. Right out of college, okay. Right out of college, yeah. I graduated in 68 and went to Bates at 68. Pre-Title IX, what were women's sports kind of like there? Uh, you, know, right, you know, right before Title IX, Bates had a few sports, you know, like field hockey for women. What was that kind of like? When I started coaching it, um, I, was very, I was very much tied to the MAIAW, which is the main collegiate association. And, uh, as a matter of fact, I was one of the presidents as a student in college and then <laughs> went to Bates and got the organization going. Uh, and we introduced uh, main championships and uh, uh, competitions and stuff. So, so we were playing, we were trying to play all the schools in Maine that, were, that had a program. But nothing formal at that point. And then once we had the schedule, then, then we developed the state championships. So... I went from play days to very quickly state championships. I was talking with Nancy Ingersoll Fiddler, and uh-huh. she, she mentioned that she came to you in her first year saying, hey, can we start a women's lacrosse club? What was that like yeah. in terms of, because you told her, well, I don't have any background in women's lacrosse, but let's get this going. What was that kind of conversation like in terms of starting women's lacrosse? Yeah, that was, that was kind of funny, because she went from field hockey to in, in cross-country skiing and become an Olympian <laughs> and, and, and um, didn't play field hockey anymore. And then she played, <laughs> then she played one to play uh, lacrosse. Um, and we were game for anything then. And I said, sure, we'll, 
you know, get, get a few players that know how to play the game, and and I can organize it, and you know, and, and pick up the skills and and, and use my coaching skills. That's what we did. So they were excited, and uh, we didn't have a spring sport then. That was uh, an open season for women to plug something in because they were without any any competition at all in the spring. So that was kind of an easy easy fit. Just me, it was difficult. <laughs> I go, okay, I'll coach this. Well, yeah, because you were being asked to coach a lot of different things. I know you coached women's basketball there early on. So, um, yeah, you told that, me that was my only that was my only true sport that coming from high school. That was my that was my sport in high school, and then we just did intramurals in college level. So uh, everything else was kind of brand new to me. Well, track and field, I did that in high school too, but I didn't take that on until later at Bates. So when Title Nine. Uh, 1972 passed. How quickly did women's sports kind of change the nature of it at Bates, or was it a slow process? It was pretty quick. Uh, I mean, we were already changing before Title IX. It was more of catching up with uh, um, the amenities, <laughs> you know, the, the the travel mode and, you know, the hotel accommodations and, you know, the, the food that we would get and the uh, per diems. And those are the kind of things that we were catching up with. The other thing was, I remember, because um, we were housed over in um, Muskie Archives building, Campus Avenue gym. That's where we, that's where the physical education program went out of for women. And then we would, the girls would sneak across the cage and say, hey, what's going on in here? <laughs> and found out the men were doing all their workouts in the cage and in the, um, in the gym. Um, so we... We quickly um, tried to move into the facilities so we could share share the gymnasiums uh, and have better facilities. And those are the kind of things. We had to program there. We were just accommodating <laughs> for the girls as far as uniforms. We would share uniforms like in volleyball players. And then the basketball players would wear the same uniforms. And catching up, things like that uh, was the biggest thing. Sure, because I know, yeah, originally there was, what, a, a kind of separate departments almost for men's sports and women's sports. When did those kind of, those merge right around Title IX or, or before that? Just before that. Okay. I, I remember that, I'm trying to think, when we moved over to the other building. When that building got taken over by Muskie Archives, we were full out in, in uh, Title IX. If you found that date, you'd probably find okay. <laughs> when we were really grouping together. Sure. And for you, you mentioned what basketball was the only sport you really had a background in. Is that is that fair in terms of coaching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah basketball was only kind of formal training, and then everything else was intramural. And and I was coach. I was taught how to teach volleyball and badminton and bowling and all those other sports. That we were just teachers. You know, we'd had to go out and be prepared to to teach them. I saw that there was a varsity badminton team. What was? I, oh, yeah. We don't have that now, I don't think. What was that? What was that like, though? <laughs> oh, that—it's really kind of comical because people people kind of chuckle at it. But it was probably the most competitive hmm. sport that I'd ever been involved in. We played. I think I coached five years, and I—I I might have had one loss. Uh, it was really—it's uh, a good sport. As a matter of fact, I, I keep playing badminton all the rest of the when I was coaching. I, I love the sport, and we would go around and we sent one girl um, to the nationals, and uh, she ended up second place in the nationals. Wow! 
in badminton. So that was that was a good sport. I mean, not not well known, but it was a good sport. Who who was that? Who was the girl who went to the national? The, the Carolyn Sauer, S A U E R. I think. It's, yeah, and she was from. I think she was from Chicago, Illinois. Who were some memorable women sports athletes in, in kind of the early days, you know, of your career? Um, you know, maybe her and a few others who really kind of stand out that you that you coached early on. One of the early ones was Priscilla Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was in '77, somewhere around there. And uh, she she was just she was in Who's Who Hall of Fame and. She scored, and she was a field hockey and a softball player. Uh, I think she scored like 120-some goals in field hockey. Just a, a natural athlete. And she's passed away now, as I understand. What made her so good at field hockey? She, uh, she just naturally, she just, you, you didn't have to, um, you know, her skills were, were natural as far as goal scoring and field hockey. She she um, she she work quietly. You'd go up on the field, and there she is up there working with somebody who's giving her cross passes and and then doing all those extra little things that. And, but she enjoyed it. I mean, it was like you know just a break from her studies. And um, but she was a good basketball player. She just had a natural gift for you could show her one way of doing something, and uh, she would just she would just pick it right up and, and fall right in with it if she didn't have it already. Uh, so, and she was just a, she was a joy to work with because she just, uh, she had a good attitude. She wasn't, you know, the kids, I remember Sandy Capella who, who played with her would say, oh, I never get the ball. I'm on the wing out here in field hockey. And, you know, she's always, <laughs> she's always scoring. I know I'd like to score is what Sandy said. And I said, well, I said, when you play wing, you know, very often, if you aren't given the pass across, then you're cutting for the goal and, and taking the rebound. Well, she wouldn't cut in, but the next game, anyway, sure, long story short, she'd say, uh, okay, well, she says, we'll get a little like Priscilla, be sure to feed me, give me the ball so I can score. So <laughs> the very next game, she, she went out, she passed the ball across to Priscilla, and Priscilla immediately passed it back to her, you know, kind of like a diagonal back pass. <laughs> she, she looked like, oh, now what do I do? And she passed it back to Priscilla again. Was like, oh, I guess I don't want to do this. <laughs> so it was, it was just funny because she, Priscilla was not a ball hog or anything like that. She just was naturally in the right place at the right time, <laughs> you know. So um, some of the girls just said, oh my God, how did she get so many goals? <laughs> I think she just put a stick down there and landed. After you helped start the lacrosse program with um, with Nancy, there you handed the reins over kind of to Patricia Smith. Tell us about uh, her as um, one of the, your fellow coaches during that time. I guess. Yeah, that I'm trying to think lacrosse. I I think I would have coached it one season. Right, right. And, yep. and, and Pat Pat Smith was hired the very next year, so she came in, and I knew Pat Smith. I had known her from before anything else, and she was she was just into lacrosse. She was a big lacrosse player. She was a Northeast lacrosse player and, and all that. And I said, hey, I said, I'm sure, I'm sure you can do a good job with this team. And and, uh, and Pat didn't have another season to coach. And we very, we, we still were coaching three seasons. That was the one thing about Title IX that hadn't caught up yet, <laughs> that uh, we were all expected to coach every season. So Pat, uh, Pat willing to, to coach it, and that was kind of an agreeable thing. So that was an easy handover to her. I knew the girls were in good hands, and 
she does a good job with them. It seemed like for you, your sweet spot ended up being field hockey and then eventually softball right there in the spring. What made those two sports yeah. kind of what you ended up doing long-term at Bates? You know, it's, it's hard to tell because volleyball was, I, I really loved volleyball, but mm. because volleyball dropped into the field hockey season. So that was a conflict of interest. And so um, softball was a, was a new, fairly new sport in. And, uh, and I, uh, Gloria Crosby, who came into Bates, uh, talked me into being her assistant in softball. Mm. And uh, I had played it a little bit at high school, but not a lot. Um, and um, so I said, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to need your help. And, and she was from Iowa. And, and uh, she said, hey, she says, it's all yours. <laughs> so I said, oh, gee, <laughs> you know, thanks a lot. So we kind of just did it. She just kind of dropped it in on me there. And, and he gave me that third sport again. You know, I had to pick up another sport, so that third sport to, to pass over. And it's kind of a natural, too, because a lot of, uh, at least in New England, a lot of field hockey players do play softball, uh, except for in the prep schools. It's usually field hockey and lacrosse. You know, the public schools, it's, it's mostly field hockey and softball. So a lot of the players were the same players. It sounds almost overwhelming to have so many sports you're responsible for, uh, some overlapping. So how did you make those adjustments, you know, season to season? Well, you just never stop. <laughs> you just drop from one thing to another. And, and that's why I was, I think it got, it started to get overwhelming, you know, later on when recruitment really came in. Right. And, and that's a whole season in itself. Uh, you know, and doing all that and trying to pick it up, all, all that. But uh, you just you just do it. <laughs> you know, it's just one thing after another. And um, uh, you know, like I say, it's just you just don't you don't even know what to do with yourself if you have a little time off. And then I started doing intramurals, um, which gave me a little break. But I still, they had put me into uh, tra- track and field with Carolyn Cord. Mm. Um, after I was with, um, well, I started the, I started that program too with Webb Harrison as his assistant. Webb was the first women's track kind of head coach. They brought in Carolyn Court shortly after that. Is that how it, that kind of? Yeah. Event? Yes. Okay. Yep. What was that experience like? You know, working with the track athletes. Working with the athletes was it was it was a new experience because of you know it's an individual sport and it was just a, a new mindset. Uh, you know. In team sports, you know, you've, you've got an opponent over there that you're competing against and, you know, the strategies and the plays. And, and now, you're, now you're working with an athlete who's, who's competing against themselves and their records and their efforts and all that. So it's, it's just everything was make everything out individually. I mean, I, I remember doing timesheets for Carolyn Court and, you know, lap times and all of a sudden it was just, there was no, what I call the, I mean, it certainly is a strategy in track and field, but but not like in a team sport where you you know you you you've got to find out who you're going against and you know and, and they do this and you do that. Well, not in track. <laughs> you do what you do when you do it, you know, according to your best. Um, so that that was what was different about track. I loved it though. I really do love track and field. It was just it was it was so. Uh, exhilarating for me to see somebody. Uh, I remember Andrea Kincaid. My God, she, you know, her jumping abilities. She was a raw athlete, uh, but uh, just had a lot of, and to do a, a, a long jump. I mean, just wait for her to just explode. Um, some of us out there. It was really fun. I, I really, I respected them a lot because it just seemed like you know in, in team sports you could you could you could 
kind of get through the game. You know, you take your breaks here and there, but boy, in track, you don't just get through it. <laughs> you, you, you know, the time you step on the track, um, you're 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 there. You're in full mode. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we could go all over the place kind of with this interview because you you did cover so many sports. Uh, just going back to softball real quick. Colleen O'Brien is the only All-American in, in Bates softball history, and, and you coached her. What, what made her so great? She, again, was one of those, just a natural, she's an infielder. She had good experience, good high school experience and everything else. And just, uh, in my opinion, she wasn't my, she wasn't my greatest softball athlete, mm. but she was the most recognized one uh, in all-around skills. You know, she, she stood out. I could put her with, you know, like probably at least four other players who didn't get All-American experience or right. recognition, but she happened to be, and she was well-known in soccer, too. And you also, yeah. in softball a few years earlier, before her, had uh, um, some great volleyball players who were also great softball players, um, Rachel, mm-hmm. Rachel Clayton, Michelle Farrow, what do you remember about them? Yeah, Rachel was a, a beast. <laughs> <laughs> she just, oh my gosh, she was... She was a good hitter. I mean, she, I think she has records, and I don't know if she still has them or not, for hitting and home runs and triples and, and slugging average. But uh, um, she she always wanted to play. She had knee injuries. She always wanted to play shortstop. Mm. And uh, she played it, but um, um, she just she just was a power, a power player. I mean, just, well, I don't know. She just... <laughs> it was like the thing. It was people just said, "Oh God, here she comes." They'd, they'd move the whole the outfield as far as they could, you know, <laughs> to the fence or left or right, and they they just said, "Okay." And she would do the old, who was the player, the baseball player that would that would point to the outfield. Rachel would call her shot. <laughs> she call a shot. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> she point, and the girls would go, "Oh God, here we go." And then and then, of course, Michelle Farrell was. I I think she's probably got to be the best uh, pitcher I ever had. Mm. Just really good. Yeah, I mean, um, I trained a lot of the other pitchers, um, but they she had good experience, good training, and, and she just good, had good speed and good stuff. So I remember her really well. Emily Gabler holds a few pitching records at Bates still as well. Emily does. She, yeah. She's one of my... Yeah, she, she never had picked up a ball before she even came to Bates. Mm. So we, we said, okay, Emily, you want to pitch? She goes, sure. <laughs> so she did, and, and she might put, you know, two balls in the strike zone and maybe one into the batter. <laughs> she was like, okay, we'll move away from the plate for this girl. <laughs> so, But she did. She was a good, she was, she was a better hitter than she was a pitcher. Mm. But when she was on, she was on. She was somebody to be reckoned with. You touched on recruiting earlier. When did rec- when did recruiting become kind of a thing? Was it a different timeline for different sports, or did you notice recruiting becoming important in all the sports kind of on a similar timeline? Didn't really come in until later. Mm-hmm. Um, equally, uh, all the sports, but I would say I, I, I felt the pressure of, of recruiting uh, to go into the. Uh, into the softball program more than I did field hockey because field hockey almost had its own reputation and brought the players to me. Mm-hmm. So even though I recruited hard for it, it, it wasn't as difficult to get the players in. And I can't remember, Aaron, what, what year we're talking here. I mean, I got done in, what, 97, actually. Mm-hmm. So 
it was probably maybe 10, 15 years, maybe 10 years before that, that it was really getting to be, you know, you, you, you got to recruit. <laughs> and, and how did you adjust to that kind of, um, in terms of, because before, as you mentioned, you know, people, you know, just came to be, came to you, but now you had to go kind of go get them. How, what was that like for you, at least from a coaching perspective? Well, I, st- I still try to do, you know, I'm still coaching three sports and doing intramurals, so I still had to rely a lot of them having the word about our program and, yeah. and coming to me and then doing more of a follow-up type thing and, and getting the, the athletes involved with the recruits coming in and entertaining them and then doing the mailings and stuff. So um, it was it was still, I, I relied a lot still on other uh, parts helping me, you know, the, the kids and the program itself helping me get it out. I, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't savvy on the computer, and I still am not. <laughs> so that, that was a drawback. I had to learn that, too. Um, so it was it was difficult for me because I just spent, it just seems like I spent so much time, you know, uh, on recruiting. And it was either, either they were going to come or they weren't, when you knew it probably right from the get-go. Uh, so... You just you just take your best shot and say, okay, I think I got a chance at this person, but I don't at this person. Going back in time a little further, talk. I was talking to Nancy. She mentioned that from her perspective, Bob Hatch also had a lot to do with helping kind of get things going after Title IX in terms of uh, what was the relationship like, I guess, with, with Bob as the AD in terms of getting women's sports a, a more prominent place at Bates. I think he was. I think because uh, Evelyn Dillon, who was the uh, women's athletic director, mm-hmm. she she transitioned over and and was really under Bob Hatch, um, but was a she she was a tough women's advocate. I mm. mean, Evelyn really was, and I think she kind of kept very close to Bob Hatch and and just pointed out the needs and the things that that the program was going to have to have to to really jump ahead. And we were already redoing things without stuff. Right. <laughs> so it was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I wonder what we can do if we just give them a little thing. But uh, I thought Bob was a good a good advocate. I thought he, he really, he'd come to our games. He would, you know, he was always um, sending the captain's letters or me a letter or something in support of whatever happened and, uh, and all that. Uh, it was tough during Title IX. The toughest thing was um, sitting in a, a, a staff meeting and, and trying to impress upon the other coaches that that we needed uh, we needed some things. We needed, you know, and and and, uh, and, and knowing very well that the, the the money pie was only so big, and if you add another sport, then that means the old sports were going to get less money. They would get less things. So that was the difficult part of, you know, they didn't mind adding the program. They just didn't want to give anything up. Evelyn Dillon. So that's a name I have not heard before, but um, there looks like there's an award named after her from the Bates College Key. So obviously a huge presence for Bates. Tell, uh, you mentioned she was a, a big time advocate. Tell me more about her and, and what she and what she was like, you know, to work with. Oh boy, she I'm trying to remember when yeah, when she hired me. She co she coached the archery team. Okay. And and she wanted that was the only thing she didn't get me to do was coach that one. But <laughs> she was 
she was she was very. Um, she reminded me a lot of my own athletic director at Presque Isle. She was just from that era of uh, women in sports, and, and you know, she was very competitive. She, if you're going to put a team out there, you're going to put the best out there, and and she expected the the records to be good. And this wasn't intramurals anymore and all that. And and she was very much it's a very prof- she was really very professional. How did you see women's sports change over the years? I mean. You know, starting in the late 60s, into the mid-90s for you, what were some of the biggest changes you noticed um, that really stand out? It's almost broken into three eras, um, hmm. you know, in the 60s and the 70s and then the 80s and then the 90s. And in the early part, uh, it was it was more of a that bridge between intramurals and, and, and competitive sports, but but we still would cut up oranges for halftime and, you know, we still did the things, the cookies and, and all that stuff. And, um, uh, and, and then added the flavor of the main championship in between. So it was a lot of intramurally type feeling. And then the middle part in the eighties, I'm going to say that was when things really, really, you know, you have to have a sport for every, every person you have to you know title nine everything got going and you know we had uh, with gloria crosby came in we had the olympics come in with with um uh, handball and and all that stuff so women started to really get involved in everything if there wasn't something there then we'll start it <laughs> you know even if it's not uh, a coach program but it might be something that's like hand handball was one of the typical ones that that uh, she introduced um I guess the, the the kids the kids were a lot the same. Um, they start they started to kind of wean away from being a three sporter or two sporter, and then of course in the nineties and down, I think they more became one sport type um, athletes. Where that that's what they did. They were specialized and, and they were you know you would get a few. The two sporters, like I say, softball and field hockey was some. and uh, But they were still, one sport was always stronger than the other. Gloria Crosby, tell me more about her and her impact. She was younger. She came from a, a big program. Very, very much, very much into Title IX. Very, that's that's what she, she wanted to make an impact that way. She just had everything, had to look right, it had to be right and you know and all that she was she was a she was a title nine uh, advocate she she was tough she was tough and i she wanted administration and then kind of let go of her coaching mm-hmm. uh, you know one by one and, and got that filled in uh, with that but but did it in a way that she really felt that whoever took over that she felt it, it was a good a good person to take over that program and 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 lead it she didn't just drop it for her own gain. It seems like from almost day one, field hockey and volleyball were very successful. What what about those sports made them so successful, you think, early on um, at Bates um, in terms of, you know, wins and losses, I guess? Volleyball, for one, I think. I know Maureen LaChapelle came in after I did, mm-hmm. and she had a great volleyball experience. <clears throat> and I think, I think, those we competed against in volleyball uh, weren't, they just weren't into, they didn't have the experience um, 
you know, their, their athletes didn't have the experiences that ours did, mm-hmm. or their coaches didn't have the experiences. So, I mean, like, power volleyball was was uh, the first year I coached it. Was, that was the first year in, uh, which is just a whole different game. It's, you know, you don't throw the ball around. You actually bump it up and move it around. But uh, um, so volleyball was, was almost um, a coaching, I, I think. I, I think the coaching was really better than a lot of our, comp- you know, our opponents until later on. And then field hockey, um, I guess me, Aaron, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was hard. I always had a philosophy that, that they wanted to be good. They, they were good. And then when they got done playing, um, they, they just enjoyed the experience so much uh, that uh, I, they just wanted to do more. I mean, they, they just weren't, weren't hard to train. They weren't hard to, and some were, but most of them just wanted to be in the game, and they, they got the relief out of it. So it wasn't hard to motivate them. Um, and and some, one of my opponent coaches said, oh, you're so lucky to have uh, not only intelligent athletes, uh, at Bates, but but they also have the skills. Well, that's partly true. I mean, yeah, they certainly were intelligent, and and a lot of them had experiences that were different than than our opponents. Uh, but uh, but that came up as the years went on. I mean, we were competing against you know schools like Tufts and 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 Wesleyan and you know and all those that were like our experiences. As, as in the early days, we were competing against the main schools. Um, so their, their field hockey experience wasn't as good mm. uh, in the high schools as, as the Bates girls were. Did Bates uh, ever play we, against uh, Humane Presque Isle, <laughs> your alma mater? We did. Yeah. Uh, one experience that was, <laughs> yeah, I took them for a trip. I told them it would be a good experience for them because I wanted to go up too. But uh, halfway up through the trip, one of the athletes, Jane Davis, comes to the front of the bus and says to me, Coach, I didn't realize this was a sleepover. <laughs> she says, I didn't pack any clothes. So I said, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so anyway, that was, that was kind of a they – did they didn't have any idea how long Maine was, how, how long the trip was or anything. So we had a good experience. I mean, it was – they treated us well. We played hard. Um, and uh, and the girl with no clothes ended up. They had a dance for the girls, and all the guys were looking for the girl. And she was the one who didn't. She had to borrow all the kids' clothes, all her <laughs> teammates' clothes. So she she made out. But yeah, we did go back to Maine. Uh, we played UMO too mm-hmm. uh, for for a while. And that was uh, you know we did well. Lori Seventies wanted to tell you about. Um, she's a alumni who has good stories about UMO and some of the uh, trips that we took. Yeah, because I've talked to many, you know, athletes from that era, um, you know, and they mentioned how, you know, yeah, Bates played UMaine quite frequently. Was it, did you come in thinking you were an underdog or did you come in thinking, no, we're, we're pretty level with this team? We did. We came in at first mm-hmm. um, thinking, you know, I think we can do this. Um, and because we, I really felt, I really felt my girls matched up. I mean, they really, um, they came in with better experiences, and, and I believe the coaching 
uh, you know, my staff and like that. I think we did a better job putting it together. That was in softball too, which was mm-hmm. uh, short-lived because all of a sudden uh, Orono got their act together and started putting more <laughs> more stuff into their program. So it wasn't long before they they you know challenged us quite a bit. They actually in hockey, I think they stopped playing us uh, and and went on their own schedule. Um, before they got into that position where they they were expected to win, mm-hmm. and when they didn't, it wasn't good for them. So they they were in a no win situation, really. Right. Um, but the softball, we dragged it out for a few years, and uh, you know when you got a good hitter, you got a good hitter. When you got a good pitcher, you got a good pitcher. So if you can match up with a couple players, uh, you have a game. Yeah. Take us back growing up. How did you first get into sports, just in general? I was a farm girl, <laughs> so I'll tell it all. I actually played softball on the field mm. with, with my neighbors and my friends. High school, um, again, we were in that play day era. Um, I was, you know, basketball. My brother was a basketball uh, player. We both were captains two years apart. And, um, and then uh, play days. Matter of fact, I broke both arms doing a long jump, one first place, and <laughs> was going to run the hurdles, and they decided I better go to the hospital and have my arms set. Wow. So I was competitive, <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it. I just, I, I just, I just enjoyed sports. To me, it just made me feel good about myself uh, when I could do something or accomplish something. During high school, when I was looking to go somewhere else and do something for a career, my my coaches actually really thought that I I would do a good job in in physical education or, or coaching. So they mentored me. And you came to Bates straight out of college, as you mentioned, and then you stayed, um, <laughs> stayed for many years. Uh, what made you love Bates, you know, to stay for so many decades? I mean, that's a, uh, that's long. I think that's a long time for anyone to be at any one place. And so what made Bates yeah. so special for you, I guess? I, I guess what's back, I, I think that, that, just a change of things to do when you say, you know, you do three sports. Well, in a, in a way, that was a good thing because it just, it just kept me, you know, alive. I mean, every time I turned around, there was something new to learn, something to do. Um, so, they went, I mean, the years went by fast. And, and I look back through a lot of the athletes that I have, and I think, my gosh, I mean, sometimes I, I, I can dream about these athletes, and I think, gosh, I can't believe I can remember so many people, <laughs> and and they're not great athletes. A lot of them, a lot of them are just just unique people. So I think the the kids themselves, they kids, I I just enjoyed I enjoyed working with them. Uh, early on, I was I was very close to their age, so you know it wasn't hard for me to um, to be uh, their friend. Mm. As, as they got out of school, and they look back and, and look at me. I remember Laura Bisco, who's passed away now, and everything else. And, and she went from, from you know, being involved in the sport to being uh, a manager and just loved it, just uh, enjoyed the relationship with the kids and, and, and closeness with me. And uh, it was just, it was a close, I mean, until perhaps the last years when when. When I talk about the specialty, uh, people starting to come in where they're just one sporters. Um, that was harder mm. for me, I think, to do that because I only saw them one season. 
Right. And then, you know, and then you'll, you, you kind of let them go. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it, Aaron. I really did. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed working with them, and I, I miss I miss being with the students a lot. Matter of fact, my nephew keeps bugging me and saying, oh, teach me this and teach me that. But um, <laughs> I guess you either enjoy it or, you you know, it it can drive you crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did, I did enjoy it. I know a few years ago you got to go to the 50th anniversary celebration of the field hockey program. Uh, what was that? Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Oh, I felt old. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I said, oh my god, I was one of the oldest ones there. I uh, yeah. When I think Ginny Harrison uh, played field hockey at when she was at Bates, and uh, and I started thinking back, and she's not much older than I am. I don't believe. But uh, I think back at uh, no, 50 years ago, my God, Leanne Walmsley was the was the athletic director. I, I, I guess it just didn't, uh, you know, you think of 50 years, you think, well, there's a lot of old people out there, right? Well, I guess I was one of them, but I didn't know it. <laughs> um, but it was a it was a good experience. The kids were the kids were great, making me feel very comfortable, and and I enjoyed watching them. A lot of new things, you know, the turf going on. Um, and all that was certainly different than what I coached it, even though we played on turf at times. Well, field hockey, yeah, I mean, the college level is played on turf, but I know in high school they still played on grass sometimes. When you were the coach of field hockey, was it grass at first and then switched to turf, or how did that kind of go? Yeah, it was grass always when I was there. Uh-huh. And then it didn't flip over to the turf. Well, some of my competitors, I think, um, trying to think, Clark University had turf. And, uh-huh. Uh, maybe Tufts had turf. I'm trying to think. There was, there was a few of them that, uh, when I was still coaching, uh, uh, they came in with turf. And WPI was one. Mm. That was a turf game. Uh, and then I begged for turf up on our fields because of our climate and everything else. But, right. Um, and, and, of course, they, they've got it now. It is. It's, a, it's not a completely different game, but it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's certainly faster. Oh, I shouldn't even say that, Aaron, because I think the girls learn quickly that, you know, once you send the ball out and you know it's going out, you don't run your butt off to go get it because <laughs> it's already gone. So maybe it's not so fast. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was something that was very, very different, uh, the turf. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned, you know, you still remember a lot of the athletes. Maybe they weren't the, the greatest necessarily athletes, but they're memorable personalities, I guess. Who are maybe one or two who really stick out in terms of, like, their personality and what they brought to a team, uh, any sport, really? I think Mary Raftery. She's one of my old softball pitchers. Mm-hmm. She's also a field hockey player. She just quiet, and she would giggle. <laughs> it was like, you know, tell us something to do and everything else and she knows she she knew it was probably something that was probably a little beyond what she wanted to do but she would giggle or <laughs> I was like okay coach I'll do that I'll try uh, Sue Dolina Sue Dolina is a, a great competitor um, you know she's a, a lot of them gosh Kyle Fitzgerald her hands would go numb in the softball game if it was cold and she'd say, she'd stand there on third base and say, I can't feel my fingers. <laughs> Keep the ball in your glove for <laughs> the last second to throw it. You know? But, uh, oh gosh, Georgie and Ebersole, she was, a, she was a good softball outfielder. She didn't weigh probably 100 pounds. <laughs> God, there's so many of them. Yeah. There's so many of them. Um, 
Pete Van Heuven was a great uh, goalie. She was probably one of the one of the best goalies for her for the style of field hockey in that in those days. Heather Chichester, a good plus uh, catcher, mm. good attitude, good good team morale. There's dozens of them there. Sure. Carolyn Cam- Carolyn Campbell. She would always come up with a poem or a story or something. Uh, good player, tough as nails. She'd come up with more bruises than anybody. Well, because she was sure. she was the first All American in the women's lacrosse program's history. But I guess you would have coached her in field hockey. I coached her in field hockey. Yeah. yeah okay. Any memorable games that still you think back on today? You know, I, I and we're not sure of the date on it, but there was there's one as a big pitcher, and they usually a lot of the if you're going back in time and looking at field hockey and it's it's Kyle Fitzgerald and Laurie Seventy and it's gotta be in the eighties, I would think. Mm-hmm. Kind of trying to think Kyle Fitzgerald. Yeah. And it's gotta be probably a, it's a championship game and they're all running towards the goalie, which would have been Janet Bursaw. And I'm thinking that Kyle Fitzgerald probably made a penalty stroke and we won the state championship game. But it was it was just a <laughs> the excitement of the team. <laughs> I mean, they all just pig piled. <laughs> Not literally, but they all ran towards the, the goalie and they had won the game. And um, those, That was in the 80s. Yeah. A lot of good ones. A lot of good ones between Bowden that we had, state championships. Um, you know, just usually one goal, one goal would win it. So in the early 80s, was it still mainly just the state of Maine, or were, were you traveling out of the state by that point? Oh, we were out of state by then, because okay. I remember Janet Bursaw, yeah, we were going to, uh, to uh, uh, in Wenham, uh, yeah, they were in Massachusetts schools and stuff, and a lot of the girls, too, because we didn't have the opportunity to play for national championships, mm-hmm. uh, or even the Northeast Championship, we had... Uh, um, NESCAC was the next thing that came in, but we went to, uh, the girls got selected for uh, Northeast tournaments, mm. and they went as individuals, and that was quite an honor because they were now uh, stacked up against all the schools that could go, you know, beyond um, the, the their own state. Interesting. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was very, that was something that, that uh during the Title IX, later in the time after you know after the seventies, that they kind of pushed that. I remember Janet Bursar and Sue Dolliner. Um, trying to think of that group, Carol Campbell. Uh, a lot of those players got selected to to go play in those Northeast tournaments. As like a part of like an All Star yeah. team almost. It, it, it was, but they weren't always. They didn't go and play on a team. You know, as, as they would be selected for, there was like maybe three different Northeast teams, uh-huh. and they would go and play for A team, B team, C team, okay. and not you know, not in terms of level, but in terms of designation, just as, as it was. Matter of fact, they were, that's when we even connected up with the Olympians one year. They came out and played against uh, a couple of the main teams. Oh, nice. Um, and, that was, and that was the way to get to the Olympics. You know, oh. if you were if you were bound for Olympics, then you go through that process. Did you ever coach any of those uh, quote unquote all star teams, or was that not something you were interested in? Oh, well, I coached the all star team that went against the Olympics, but oh, you did? <laughs> um, okay, yeah. yeah, the Olympians, yeah, I did that, but that was more of a promotional 
type thing. Mm -hmm. Scrimmage. They came, they yeah. came, they came to Maine, and and we played against them. I was involved quite a bit with the Northeast uh, programs, uh, and selections of uh, all stars and, and stuff like that. It was, it was interesting. You weren't the first field hockey coach, but you were very close in line. There was a Catherine Rainey and a Nancy Willard before you. Uh, did, did you know them, or did, or is that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Kathy Rainey, as a matter of fact, graduated from University of Maine Prescott. Oh, okay. And and she was at Bates, I think, a couple of years before I went there. Okay. And then Nancy Willard actually went to Bates the same year I did. So she did the field hockey, and I did the basketball. Okay. And then I think she only stayed a year. And then field hockey was all yours for, for decades there. And then field hockey. Yeah. That's right. Field hockey was, yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see. What else? You don't know about my bowling record. <laughs> Tell me all about, yeah, because some of these sports, they obviously they're not varsity sports at this point. But, yeah, so bowling. Tell me about the bowling program. Yeah. That was one of those. Dr. Dillon, she was the coach. Uh -huh. And the girls came to me one day and said, you know, <laughs> I think we could use your help. <laughs> so would you take it over? And that was when, I think it was 74, 74 and 75, a couple of years I did it. So I said, sure. I don't know much about bowling. I used to bowl candle pins. So I, <laughs> I really didn't know a lot about it. And then there's lanes and there's a ball and strikes and spears. So I took that on. And uh, we became state champions both years. <laughs> and and the, the the amazing thing to me was somehow the Maine Association decided, that, and those are Maine champions, uh, that the champion would be uh, decided on um, not scratch score, but on net score. <laughs> and so it's like we got done the match, and it was like one year, it was like uh, we're not, what do you mean we're not champions? The team that come in second place is champions because uh -huh. we were scratched, and that blew my mind. It's like, oh, my gosh, we got to change this role. <laughs> you know, like, but Ann Greenbaum, she was one of my first bowlers. I remember her. Um, she was she was beside herself. Now, that was a real experience. That was in the early years. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think the only sport they probably didn't, get involved in was, and I did get involved with skiing. Actually went out there and helped time and stuff, but I wasn't coaching him. Oh, nice. Okay. Were yeah, you, were you, so I, were you timing a Nancy Ingersoll Fiddler at any point? <laughs> I see, you know, I did, I did go and watch her and, 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 um, you know, just, just as a spectator and a support. I was disappointed that she didn't, uh, stay with a field hockey program, but I was happy that she got into a sport that she really, really had passion about uh, which was you know because her cross country yeah for uh, sure running yeah Allison Anderson I don't know if I mentioned her she was a she was a great a great field hockey player matter of fact her sister Wendy I believe was on the Olympic team in field oh, wow. hockey yeah she's she was one of one of the the good ones so just recapping here volleyball Women's track and field, softball, um, women's lacrosse briefly for one year, uh, field hockey, um, let's see, helping out timing skiing, bowling, badminton. Anything, anything I'm missing there? <laughs> I I think that covers it. I yeah. can't even think of any more sports. <laughs> I, mean, I guess they got squash now that I never touched. I didn't do tennis. As a matter of fact, when I come out of, 
college and knew I was going to be coaching at Bates, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dr. Dillon would send me, you know, things that I would be doing and be involved with, and one of the things was teaching tennis. And that was one sport that I had never picked up a, I'd never pick up a tennis racket. I had no idea what, how to play tennis or anything. So that summer before I went to Bates, uh, I had one of my friends who was also a Prescott grad, um, and she taught me how to play tennis and taught me all the rules. And so I felt okay. I can I can do this. <laughs> so went down. I, I I believe in learning from your student. I I learned so much from my students and from my opponents, and and that was that was almost as good as as going to clinics and and you know you know not not in place of it, but it was really I. That, that was it. I if if you, I feel like a, a Belichick at some point. You know, if you if you got a if you got a play that looks good, and you've used it on me, you'll probably see me using it on somebody else the next week. Taught some golf in the PE program, but never took it up until my retirement years, actually. Oh, okay. And so, so didn't, didn't get involved in the golf. So nowadays, do you you still golf today? Then I do. Nice. Any other sports so you're still involved in, or is that it? No, I I, <laughs> I stay away from those combative sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got kind of bruised up. Final question for you before we go. <laughs> um, yes. In looking back on your career, what maybe you, you know you're most proud of about your time at Bates that you remember the most fondly, perhaps? I get. I guess just the players that remember me, <laughs> you know, they'll come back from whatever, if we go to, if I go to a alumni game or something like that, yeah. the players that you don't think that you had any impact on or didn't even know if they'd even remember you come back. And it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, didn't know that. That was, that was a good feeling. You know, the, 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 I'm going to call them the little guys, the, you know, the, not, not the big superstars, but the, the little ones that say, Gosh, you know, if I didn't have sports, if I didn't play field hockey or whatever at Bates, you know, I don't, I don't think I would have enjoyed my four years there anywhere near as much as I did. So I, I, I'm glad that I made their, <laughs> I made their career in the sports, you know, not just competitive but pleasurable and, you know, can use it afterwards too, even though they're team sports, they relate back to others, you know, like the, I, I, like I play golf and I'm sure a lot of them do too, Yeah. Uh, which I had no impact on, but just <laughs> being in sports, I guess is what I'm trying to say. For sure. All right, Sherry, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate the, your time. Thank you again. Thank you, Aaron. Good luck. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll interview another Bobcat from days gone by. Find out who next time on the Bates Bobcast. <laughs> Nice, my friend.